0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My, my name is Tim Birch. Uh, uh, and like I always say, every week, it seems like we have special guests. Well, I, once again, I think the two that we have on here today is our very special guests. Uh, we're going to continue on with our series of what is surveying. And this particular aspect, it really gets into a little bit larger scale of data collection, and this is photogrammetry. And it used to be back in uh, my early days that, oh, we would, the, the firm I worked for, we would in, in, uh, engage with a, a, I'll say a large format aerial company. We'd go out and get those, uh, we set the panel points, they'd go out and fly it. We'd go out and, and shoot uh, shoot some coordinates on some things, if we could, uh, around our little local system. When it, this is even in my days even before state plane coordinates and then all of a sudden we get these magical uh, uh files back Usually, well back in my day it was, it was usually on vellum or mylar but that's beside the point uh, so my guest today uh is bill johnson he is the vice president of das geospatial did i get that right yes and it's and then also stephanie beckham who is the Director of Business Development. We'll get into Stephanie's story here in a little bit as well, but um, welcome to you both. I tell you what, one, Bill, why don't you give us a little background on how the DAS came started and how it, it, it's, it's kind of morphed into its current, current version right now.
1: Okay. Um, it was started back in 1977 by my father, Bill Johnson Sr., Uh, Who had been in the industry since I think he started in 1951. So in '77, he uh, actually kind of interesting. He couldn't get a loan, so he sold our house, sold one of our cars, invested in some equipment, and here we go. Uh, So that was some interesting first few years. So, uh, but he was a really hard worker. um, Got it going within within a few years, and was able to start hiring people. Uh, and so that's how it, it began. And then he kind of put me to work in 1978 as a 15 year old. Um,
0: yeah, there was but, no, there was no child labor laws back then.
1: Yeah. Two bucks an hour, baby. That's what I was making <laughs> Yeah, making the coin. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but you know, looking back on it now, he needed that. And of course it certainly at the time I wasn't real happy about it. Um, but it's interesting because at the time everything was, as you said, it was everything. Maps showed up on mylar. Everything was manual. Everything uh, we had a uh, wet lab where we processed film, stuff like that, and the developer and all that smells and stuff like that. So by the time I went to college, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I wasn't going to do. <laughs> and it was it was photogrammetry. It was aerial mapping. Uh, but it's interesting because when while I was there, this was the early eighties had my first computer class and then a second one, and I started thinking, I wonder if this stuff that's so laborious and manual and time-consuming is going to be sucked into this technology age. So I did a little research, wasn't able to Google because there was no Google, (laughs) Uh, but did a little research and found out, indeed, it was. And that just gave me a whole new outlook on it. And it became something that was enjoyable, uh, and so we've just been moving and grooving ever since. And uh, have a couple of different offices with here in Addison, which is uh, north part of Dallas, with San Antonio and Albuquerque.
0: And um, nice,
1: kind
0: of nice. day. Yeah. Well, I tell it. Tell us a little bit about photogrammetry for those because I'm I'm hoping that. Well, I wish, I'd love to say that some of our listeners know, you know, they know everyone knows all about photogrammetry, but I guess even starting from back from when you were first engaged with it, tell us a little bit about what all was involved with photogrammetry. I mean, Man. like you said, it was film, it was chemicals, it was all that stuff. Yeah. What was all engaged, what was all involved in there and how has technology advanced photogrammetry to modern day procedures? Oh.
1: Gosh, how do I pare this down to a couple of minutes? It was, um, yeah, as you said, everything was film. And I tell people it was each negative was nine inches by nine inches. And the roll looked very much to, very much like 35 millimeter film did, just on steroids, just much, much bigger. And so you would go out on the plane. We'd have these big maps with lines on them, you know, where the pilot and the cameraman are looking at window trying to stay online and manually fire the cameras were going you know one at a time oh we were offline we got to do it again that kind of stuff not not a whole lot of fun yeah take all that back to the wet lab and process all that imagery and then you'd have to go in and print each one of those one by one by one on the wet lab so you're a good couple weeks in the project before you ever get to do thing and then you'd The whole premise of photogrammetry, as most people know, is overlapping imagery. So the first image overlaps the second one by 60% forward and 30% side lap. So that overlapping area, when you put it into a stereo plotter, you put image one, say, in the left side, image two in the right side. And the combination of the two give you 3D. Of course, back then, we'd have to adjust for the, the attitude of the airplane because everything was bouncing around, which you couldn't right. see it. But when you're trying to t- take two successive photos and make them match, there's all kinds of adjustments to be made. That right there is one of the greatest things is now with aerial triangulation and digital imagery and stuff, that can all be factored out to where by the time we give all that imagery to the map techs, they push a button, boop, it's all together, and they're they're ready to go. There's no adjusting imagery and uh, to make it all fit. So that's one of the big advancements that's just made it so much easier.
0: now that that's fantastic because uh, you know for 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 most people, they don't realize that th- there wasn't GPS in those planes. They didn't know where they were, I mean, other than visual visual sightings. I mean, there was just so much going on in that process that you're right that all of this called down into 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 the computerized uh procedures it's it's not just time saving i mean it is obviously it can be more more accurate it's time saving it's it's uh really saving for for the client and for that end user as well i mean there's like you said it took weeks to put this stuff out before now now it's, it's not like it's you know a matter of minutes i mean it still takes a little bit of time but I mean, a fraction of the time that it used to. Fraction of the time. Because now the flight
1: lines, they're all pre-planned in software. The line, each exposure. So all, I shouldn't say all the flight crews do. They do have to still monitor to make sure they're staying online. But pretty much once they're online, everything's firing itself at those exact intervals. So you get perfect lines, perfect exposures. Um, and like I say, you go, you download it, you have to do some... Image processing. Within a couple of days, you're ready to go.
0: Right. Well, I re, I just remember when I was uh, studying for my land surveyor's test way back in the dark ages, mm-hmm. having to study some of the some of those manuals about some of the photogrammetry and and camera angles and various things. And I mean, I love math. I truly, truly love math. But then I started getting into some of that, and I'm like. Just completely mind blown. So I can't, you know, I can't. I can't imagine. I just kudos to to all of those who did do that manually early on because that was some heavy, heavy thinking. I mean, that was that's borderline uh, geodetic surveying in my in my mind. But uh, so she, absolutely, you know, God, God bless them. You know, yes, it
1: takes, it takes a special individual. It really does to be able to do that. Yeah,
0: exactly. So one thing I wanted to touch on because. Of it, we're talking about larger, larger formats, larger projects really want to talk about the, still the importance of what photogrammetrists and firms like yours provide versus yes, everybody can go out and buy their quad or their, even their little fixed wing, whatever. And, and buy the latest version of whatever photogrammet- photogrammetrics or uh, uh, software, but everything has its purpose and tell us, tell us more about what a firm like yours is bringing to the table. When we're talking about large scale projects, when we're talking about large transportation projects Mm -hmm. and why, why the procedures of a, of a true aerial photography, uh, photogrammetric process like yours brings so much more value to then trying to piecemeal stuff with little UAVs.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess the, the, the biggest thing Tim is the the experience level of the people that do it it's and not everyone can I mean I, back when I started I admittedly had a difficult time viewing 3d seeing it and being able to see when it was it looks like a cursor was was on the ground but some of these guys have been doing it so long that that they can they just know, they can tell you when it's on the ground. And it's, that's like critical because even though we have LiDAR with it now, which helps significantly, just the, the ability and the experience of these map techs to know the number one, to be able to, to see everything and know kind of innately how it's supposed to look before they we call it, compile anything. They can get a, a picture in their mind of what that one model, those two images together is supposed to look like. And then they can go in and show everything accurately be it the top of a curb or the gutter, um, the position of a fire hydrant, everything. It's its just a, a specialty that it just develops over time using some really good software, but to be able to utilize that software in a way that, that you can have a map that meets those ASPRS Class One standards from beginning to middle to end. Um, that's that's difficult to do. Oh sure, um, sure. I've really been in it for quite a while.
0: Well, and and you touched on something right there. You know, goes beyond just the the, the photogrammetry. Now you're not. You said you, you know you the introduction of LiDAR to all of this. Um, I mean, obviously, there was a, a huge amount of data that we were talking about with with aerial photographs. Now we're talking about lidar based data, and I I guess I, I, my first question would be, uh, you know, not not really tongue in cheek, but how big's your servers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because this this has got to be uh, Big. terabytes of, of oh, information. I, I,
1: I couldn't tell you we get into those terms and I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, they're massive. They really are. And in fact, each, each person's individual workstation is pretty massive as well, because they have to be able to take all these, uh, images, which could be a gigabyte each plus all of this, uh, LIDAR data, which when you put it together it's say, you've got something at 30 points per meter, those are huge. And you're trying to view them all together. Um it, it's kind of funny because a lot of times you know clients will say they want the like the bare earth LAS spa, which we're glad to give them. Uh, <laughs> and bring a big because, truck. <laughs> well, it, invariably we've got more than one phone call. They call back, it's like, right, we can't open these. Can you can you split them up for us? So so yeah, I'll just say the computers are are massive around right here. You bet. As is the ACE air conditioning bill in the
0: server. room. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I can just, I, I can only imagine. Well, I, you know, and then like I said, this was one reason one wanted to have this discussion because uh, there's so much interest and uh, d- push on infrastructure and especially in a, in a state like Texas uh, where Texas DOT is so busy and just going gangbusters. uh Tell us a little bit about the value that you that you bring, like you said from experience, over these larger uh, DOT projects that you know, yes, we could go out with UAVs. We yes, we could go out and drive some of this stuff. but what what value really bring does does a firm like yours bring when it comes to this big massive uh, deliverable for one big one big aerial and in lidar uh, data yeah. set. For for a, a Texas DOT.
1: Well, I'll, I'll put it this way, Tim. If let's say we're doing a, a ten mile stretch of highway or twenty mile or larger, and it's either six hundred feet wide or twelve hundred foot wide, I even if the UAVs were number one, if you had the permission to, you know, to fly it, um, I w- we wouldn't do it. It, it, it would take forever to acquire. It would take forever to do the processing. And because of the difference in the large format systems being, being metric systems versus the, the UAVs, and plus the, the significant amount of difference in, in number of images, it, it would take forever to do, and we would never get to the same degree of accuracy as the large format systems. For some right. some private land and access. Right, true. I mean, yeah, especially, and the LIDAR has been really great about that That is even as, well, I forget how many years ago, five, 10 years ago, prior to, to LIDAR, we had to have significantly more ground control set to be able to set photogrammetry. Now with LIDAR, we don't have to because the LIDAR on hard surfaces we can use as control. So right. we try pretty hard to to keep surveyors off private property when set to ground control, which saves an enormous amount of time, enormous amount of frustration. We just try to keep them as much as possible on public right away so they can set them, wing fly, and we're going to town.
0: You know, that was something that, uh, and, and I'll say, unfortunately, I, I found out Uh, with my visit in Texas there a couple of weeks ago and other states that I've been talking to, I did almost all of my surveying in Illinois and we have had right of entry forever. So it was never a big deal for us to go bounding off into somebody's property to either, you know, catch topo overlap or do bound boundary um, analysis, whatever, you know, and then I, then I come to Texas, you know, a, a month ago and we're talking about it and it's like, Oh no, You've got to sign all of these documents. You've got to go out onto all of these property owners and get their permission before you can do anything onto Mm -hmm. their property, even though it's really, it's a topographic survey for what's influencing on their property. So, you know, to your point that all of this data that's being gathered aerially, that is going to be so, obviously one, it's quicker and more efficient, but two, it also, it's, it is, it's keeping people off of private property. Which would be a uh, logistical and bureaucratic nightmare to get a, people on, getting surveyors onto all those properties as well, just for the simple topo even.
1: Right. And as you know, you can talk to any Texas surveyor, it wasn't that long ago, that's what they were doing. That's just the way it right. was. Right. I mean, delay projects until who knows when. And uh, yeah, I did not envy them
0: in <laughs> that task. All right, so I'm gonna switch gears for just a little bit here. So, as as an owner of of, of, of a a large format aerial photography firm, and you're talking to a let's say just say a significant developer, and he he's waffling between hiring you to fly a very big site, or he's got uh, John Smith out there that says, "Hey, I've got this fancy new UAV that's gonna be, uh, I ca- I can do this for." you know, whatever half or a 10th of what, what the big guys are going to charge. Yeah. Uh, what, ex- I mean, I guess, guess getting it a little bit more into it, of what the, that experience and that knowledge base versus I mean, what, what's your pitch to that owner of what, why are you more qualified and why is this a better, better product and a better situation for, for that, uh, for that developer, for that owner versus somebody just trying to come in and piecemeal it?
1: Right. Well, I'd, I'd say to the developers, like, if you want to go ahead and hire that person, have at it. And then when you need me to come in and fix it, let me know. And we'll, <laughs> we'll come make what you wanted originally. Um, and that's, I, I can't tell you the number of times something like that's happened. We've fixed quite a few. And I'm not uh, saying anything negative. We have UAVs. We use UAVs. Right, right. We're, we say we're agnostic as to which platform, be it UAV, helicopter, fixed wing, whatever it is. Ours is more of where's the project, how big is the project. Um, at the end of the day, what's going to be the most cost-effective way to do it? Bingo. Bingo. Like yesterday, just yesterday, we, we had a project down in Waco, which is about oh, 90 miles south. Well, had we been flying, say, the helicopter to Austin, we'd have had to go right over Waco. We'd have used the helicopter for that, but we didn't. So our guys got in the car, drove to Waco, used the UAV, knocked it out, came back. So those kind of things go into uh, consideration. And, and here too, we, well, not probably go, but we, we go to greater extents if you will, um, in how we process. We don't just fly it, come back, push the button, it creates points and contours. That's nothing I would or even could sign off on. We run the, the UAV imagery through the exact same steps that we do uh, from a helicopter or a fixed wing platform. It's nice. still goes through aerotriangulation, which is, Quite expensive to tie for, and with the UAV, it takes longer because it's not a metric camera, um, and it a lot more images. So it's going to take us longer. It's going to be more expensive because of it. But at the end of the day, when I hand off a client to Mister, uh, hand off a project to Mister Developer, I have to be able to tell him, "Yes, this meets the accuracy standards you asked for." Absolutely. Re- regardless of which platform we use
0: exactly and it's it is using the right tool for the job it's you know that's what i keep i always tell people is that i'm not going to use i'm not going to use this pair of pliers if i really need the hammer to to drive this thing in if you're depending on what it is you're asking me for my professional opinion on what it's going to take with the right tools with the right techniques this is what it is and that's what i'm you know i guess that's That's what I think people need to hear. That there is room for everyone at the table with these different technologies. Just use the right ones for the for the for the job. Bottom line, yeah, it's
2: like lidar versus photogrammetry, and it's the same thing as UAVs versus you know flying it. There's you have to assess the situation and figure out which approach is the best for your client and for the end results of the deliverables. And, you know, LIDAR was such a buzzword 10, 15 years ago that they thought, everyone thought you had to use LIDAR on everything. And that necessarily is not the case. And Bill can go into that more, but it's the same thing with UAB versus buying it. Everybody thinks, okay, UAB, UAB. Well, it's not always the best solution.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, it just takes more when you use that platform, just based on the way uh, they're made. It takes more to get to that same end product. And too, with, with us, you're, you're mentioning the LIDAR. We're to the point now, I'd say 99% of the projects we fly are both imagery and LIDAR. And okay, we give both to our map tech. So they're viewing 3D imagery with LIDAR. On it, so they've got both uh, to check against, and we feel like that's the best way to get the, the most accurate ground data.
0: Sure. Uh, well, and that's one thing I've noticed in in, uh, in 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 stalking Das over the last few years. After after meeting Stephanie several years ago, and, and kind of watching where your company has gone, that you're, you're you're staying you're you're staying out ahead of some things. Where do you see the technology? And the the processes and procedures of of aerial mapping going uh down the road i mean yeah it's, we're we're incorporating all this this combination of data of things and uh where do you see the next where's the next big step of 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 your job where's that going to go technology wise
1: i'd have to say off-the-cuff automation we already have softwares that Will automatically extract buildings from point cloud or will automatically extract roads from point cloud? Now it's not quite there yet, but just the fact that we're even talking about it, and it's right, right, we have you're like, okay, that's gonna happen. Now, is that next year, five years from now, before I retire? I don't don't know, but that's probably the thing that jumps out at me the most, and that's probably gonna make the, the biggest difference. Uh, when it does uh, is is the the automation that okay. then two if if we get to the point where going back to the UAVs if if we can get to where we can fly higher than the four hundred feet if we can right. fly on line of sight uh, all of which they do over uh, in Europe already that's going to be a game changer as well because then you know we. Us, we're talking, the UAVs we have, they're, I mean, they're good size, but they're not, they don't look like an airplane. Right. 900,000 feet. That's probably when we're getting one, a UAV that looks like, and putting the same camera, the same water sensor that we have on our helicopter on that. So that's going to be interesting to see if and when that happens. and It probably will. It's just a matter of when.
0: Sure, sure. Well, that's it's interesting to hear because I'm seeing a lot more of this automation that's coming through that that's doing this data analysis. Like you said, it's looking at looking at all this data. It's drawing in the line work. It's picking break lines. It's picking features and things. I think you're right, and uh, I know there's a lot of I shouldn't say a lot. There's a, there are several naysayers out there say, well, but you're you're stealing work from the technicians and all this stuff. Uh, we're we're struggling to get technicians, so this is actually going to free up time for somebody else to do something else. So we were talking about that earlier yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, Surveyors too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I do want to switch gears for a little bit here, uh, because of because of that lady sitting next to you. Like I said, I met Stephanie uh, almost five years ago at a at a at a conference, and the first thing that struck struck me was. Here we got a uh, director of business development for a, a pretty substantial aerial firm in Dallas, Texas. And she knows what she's talking about. Holy cow. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, it's a breath sure. of fresh air. And it's, and the fact is that, you know, and, and, and I, I, I won't say I jokingly say this because it's not a joke. Uh, for the most part, surveying, I mean, in, I mean, surveying has always been a man's world. So to have, uh, have this have this woman w- walk up to me and start talking to me, and and it's 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 and it's not this is going to sound bad. It was very intelligent. It was very businesslike. I mean, it was very very it was very uh, very good in the fact that here's a very highly t- technical uh, part of our our work, and she knows exactly what she's saying and. I say that because there's so, there so many in our industry that would be so dismissive. And I've, I've got to give you some kudos, Stephanie, that, that that's, that's, uh, it is a breath of fresh air. And it's, it's great that, that you've been able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish. So I guess so my question is to you, what makes you tick? What makes you want to get up every morning and go out and talk to a bunch of dumb middle-aged men that, 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 don't, want, that don't want to hear that from you? Well, first of all, I had, I had a great teacher.
2: Um, I've known Kenneville for years. Our kids grew up together and they kept telling me, asking me to come over and sell aerial mapping and LIDAR. And I'm like, what is that? And, you know, I was in a little bit of a survival mode. I was uh, a single mom with kids in college, grad school and high school and four of them. And I'm like, Oh my. And kind of in the midst of changing careers. And, um, I trusted them, and I just um, threw myself into it and had no knowledge that I was not going to go, you know, set up meetings and not know what I was talking about. So Bill got a lot of me and Kim going into their offices and just asking questions and taking notes and and getting to just observe all the production, you know, our aerial mapping text and production, and... um, It took some time. It didn't happen overnight. It really didn't. And on top of that, we serve so many different markets. I mean, we, it's whether it's renewable energy, transportation, aviation, land development, I mean, oil and gas, water, wastewater, transmission. I mean, we serve all of those markets. Anywhere there's a need for, you know, larger, like you said, you know, larger areas that are being surveyed, longer corridors that's where we fit in so not only did i need to know what we do but i needed to know about these different industries that we were um targeting and approaching and, and Bill, they've been in business for so long so they had history which was great for me to be able to pull from but as technology and texas tech growing as quickly as it is and in the infrastructure you know we had to get on the bandwagon um fast and transportation was one of them texdot was one um, We've been very fortunate. But I've, got, I've had the privilege of not only learning about what we do, but learning about engineers and surveyors and how we can fit into their world, how we can provide um, solutions for their specific industry. And um, so we do the same thing across the board, but we reach different needs per market. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Mm-hmm. But oh, it does know what their needs are, then how am I going to convey how we can help them? And so I've learned a lot at my um, age and you just never stop learning. That's one thing you need to tell everybody. I never dreamed I'd be in this industry and um and every day I find out new things, but it's just been exciting. Um, I do have a passion for it. I'm very fortunate to work for a company such as DAS who has owners such as Ken and Bill. Um, great company it's fun to be a part of the growth um and and just uh it's really exciting and challenging which i think it's always good to have a challenge and there's never not a challenge in this industry and and especially for me and we're kind of you know we've always served or, um provided our aerial mapping for variety of markets, but we're kind of maybe focusing on several markets, depending, you know, look, oil and gas was big. Right Now it's, you know, so we have to switch. And what's so good about being a surveyor or where we are is that you're not, you're not tied into one industry, into one market, and, and you're not relying on the success of that market. You're with what both surveyors and what we do, we go where there's business and where there's a need. And you gotta be ready for that. And you have to be equipped and educated and know what you're doing and how we can help. So that's my job is to go out there and educate, you know, those engineers and surveyors who are in those industries.
0: That's that's awesome. Because that's one thing that we've I, I've I think I've really kind of in some of my discussions this year since I took on this job, really kind of hit that chord with with surveyors in that you know, it's, there are so many surveyors out there. They are great surveyors, but they haven't it's not that they're bad business people, but they just they're good surveyors and they've never trained themselves to be good business people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to 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 come across a firm like yours with good good business owners and to to recognize that hey, we've got somebody that can really sell this because she can learn it, she 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 will know it and be able to talk about it intelligently and really be able to sell it and then still have a great staff to churn out that work. I mean, that's a great, that's a, that's a win-win all the way around. So kudos to the the company for recognizing these types of things. And like I said, like I, I kid about cyber stalking, I mean, LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff, you can really find kind of follow people's companies and careers and things. And that was one thing I noticed, like I said, after meeting you a couple of years ago and then, after having that chapter meeting uh, there in, in Dallas uh, with, with Chris Freeman's group the other day, uh, a month ago, and to see the young women that were in there that that really focused on you afterwards, um, you know, that's one thing I, I wanted people to hear your story a little bit because uh, you are a role model. You are uh, an inspiration to to women that get into this into this field. Uh, even if it's selling it, you're learning it. It's not just Oh, look, here's my, you know, here, here's a beautiful Lexus. This is what you need to, this is what you need to drive and do, you know, you, you know, you know, the business. And that's, I guess that was the thing that that impressed me the most was how much you knew of the business uh, going in, because uh, it, it just, it, like I said, it just it really, really blew my mind that, uh, that uh, you jumped into this. It, it, when you did and you've learned so much and it, it, it shows. It really, really shows.
2: I I will say one thing. I I look at it as educating our clients and and who we go after. I don't even. I think sometimes when you really believe in what you're doing and what you're. I guess if you want to say selling, but I don't even think of it as a sales job. I think of it just exactly. to you know our, our clients and the different markets and, and just letting them know what we do and how we can help, how we can benefit their project and, the, you know, final deliverable. And, um, and so, but I mean, I, you're right, it is. And I think of that as business development, but when you really enjoy it and you believe in it and you know, we have a good product, it, it really makes it easy.
1: Well, well, Tim, so much of it is, as you know, based on relationships, Yes, Stephanie has a gazillion relationships out there. They know her, they love her, they trust her, so she can get in, you know, pretty much any door because they know who she is. They know she's a hard worker, um, and it, it's 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 been great for her, and yeah. even greater for us as a company because of it. Because she's a relationship maker, and right. that, in essence. I don't think you put that on the bottom of the business card, but <laughs> that's that's kind of what it is.
2: Well, you get to know people, and you know, it isn't just about oh, can I sell this to them? It's about getting to know them and what they do, and taking that interest and and in seeing how we can work together and be successful.
0: Well, and that's I guess that to me that's also the 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 whole. I guess the outlook that surveyors really need to take is that our services isn't just something somebody's buying because just because you don't wake up one day and go, Hmm, I need a survey today. No, you need it for a specific reason. And your client base, they need that data. They need that service for a specific reason. They just don't, they don't have a 10,000 acre ranch and they go, yeah, you know what? I need that map today just so I know where everything's at. No, they need it for a specific reason. So you're right. Having, having that expertise and having that ability to make that connection with those people and, put them that much more at ease at what you're providing. Uh, I think that's, that's the part that, uh, that, that really impressed me so much about Stephanie's delivery. Even at a chapter meeting, it was, it was very, very uh, easy to, to just see all the relationships she was continuing to build around that room, even though there was probably some surveyors in there. She'll never work with as simple as well. No, not not her fault. It'll be- that out there for? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah. and, you know, and and and, I mean, bottom line is that it, that's that's the part. And, you know, I'm a second generation surveyor, and what I saw back in my early days is as as, as probably as, as you did too, Bill, is that uh, it it was, you know, for for a guy growing up in Illinois under under you know his dad as his party chief, if you weren't a you know, and I'm not a strapping young farm boy. But uh, I mean, that's what, that's really what the, whatever every survey firm was looking for yeah. today's surveying in geospatial is for anyone that it has that desire to build on something to, you know, and, and you touched on it earlier And this, I guess this is going to be probably part of my, my wrap up question for you in your future employees and what it takes uh, for a, a young technician to come into your office and really, to be able to explain to them what you're looking for, what you're trying to accomplish. Because that's one thing that I do and been in, in talking to when I talk to young people that they've got gaming and they've got all this other stuff. They're seeing stuff in 3D, that they're seeing stuff spatially that we didn't as kids and that there are so many opportunities out there. And your firm is a great example of that, being able to take all that data and turn it into something useful for a, a client. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's, I guess that's that's best part of it is, uh, I, I assume you're like every other surveying firm. You could use more technicians. You could use use some more uh, good people to to put put things together.
1: Well, the the increase in technology, and like I said, it, it, to where it's almost a, it's not a video game, but it's so much more uh, visual. Uh, That it was just hands-on, manual. Uh, The different things they can do with manipulating map data, uh, creating surfaces, stuff like that. I think it definitely attracts a much broader spectrum of young people today than it did back when I was young, um, by far. And I've been really encouraged by some of the younger folks that we have here. We, we call them the millennials. But I, I there was a time when it's like, man, I don't know who's going to replace these folks we got in here. But now with because of the technology, we're getting some of these millennials in here and they know stuff that sometimes they start talking. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> I'm, just,
1: I'm just trying to nod and act like I know what they're talking about. You, but, but that's encouraging to me. I like that. That gives me hope for this company mm-hmm. hope hope for our profession if we get people like that young people like that they're in their that's awesome. and they're passionate about it all right we're, give me a dozen more yeah
2: but but it's getting out there just like it is with surveyors and uh, and letting these young people know that this is available to them as a career yeah and and so we're in that same boat is making sure we're educating going to the community colleges that have these programs which bill has and um, doing some internships or you know career days, whatever it may be, because it, they're not really aware of this career. Not in you know, yeah. That's
1: hard. Especially what we do. I mean, yeah. most kids, you could say survey, they probably think of the guy they see on the side of the road. Right. And even there, you're like, okay, that's like one piece of it. Right. You know, I know that's what you think of, there's a lot more to survey than just that. Um but even we don't have even that visibility with what we do. You know, we when I try to explain to someone outside the industry what I do, their eyes glaze over. Um but it helps. We've got in fact part of the community college district here, just three miles away, there's a geospatial program where we've got several of our young people here. That's, That's awesome. fantastic. It's fantastic. Um teach them things that literally they, the, the folks that have come in here from there, within a week, they're starting to be, they're, they're producing stuff. Okay. Maybe not at a high level yet, but it's not this long learning curve. And, right. and different schools like that out there, maybe not a lot, but, but more so than there used to be. And it, that's good to see. And it's encouraging. So I guess that
0: my, my, Final final wrap up question is, how's the future of surveying and photogrammetry and aerial mapping look look to you right now? Bloodstown.
2: Oh my goodness! <laughs> what? Um, well, I think it's continuing, and I'll tell you here in Texas, and I know there's other states that are very similar to this economical situation we're in, but just a thousand people and probably, I mean, I think this is about eight months ago, a thousand people a day are moving to Texas. So that means infrastructure. And and what that means is just not one market. That's, we need roads and highways. We need water. We're developing new subdivisions. And then we're having companies come in, bring their headquarters here, which therefore that means more people and more subdivisions and more highways. It's just this, um, so, you know, you, they need engineer design level maps in order to, um, to build all this and to create it. And, um, so we hope, and, you know, and we're not just Texas. We can, we do work throughout the United States. Um, so as long as there's a need, I feel like we're going to you know, we're going to stay in business as long as what Bill and Kim and the, just, we, they have stayed up with the technology. They've stayed ahead of it. And we're, we've developed our own macro processing and, and it's just, um, as long as we're on top of it and, and continuing to be um, the experts at it, I think we'll continue to have a job. Now that that might, I don't know if that answered your question.
0: Oh, that does. Oh, you, you, you pretty much hit that one out of the park that so much starts with surveying, goes through all the process, and ends with surveying, and yeah. and especially in Texas where everything is bigger, right? That yeah. Uh, that uh, yeah. yeah, large large scale stuff. Uh, uh, I would say that uh, aerial photogrammetry and 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 large format stuff has definitely got a bright bright future ahead. So, no, absolutely that that's that's great. Well, I promised I wouldn't run you run you too long over, and I, I have I've run a little long little long, but you know what? This has been a great conversation. Um, I said I, you know, we keep coming back to that question of what is surveying, and you know photogrammetry is right there in the middle of it. But I think it's kind of that um, I won't say the ugly brother that stands in the corner, but it it really kind of kind of is. I mean, it's still still necessity that. Uh, I don't think people really realize and how much they, they should appreciate all of the work that 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 firms like yours uh, provides uh, throughout throughout the United States and the world.
2: Well, we appreciate surveyors because you know, we need surveyors to do our job, and so it's a great partnership. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, like I said, thank you both for making some time to do this. Do this, and uh, uh, if you if you get a chance. Uh, Check out the check out their website, and if you need if you need this type of work done, uh, Stephanie's the person to talk to. And if, uh, if she can't answer the question, she'll uh, she'll make sure and, and get you the answer. But uh, I I thank you both again for uh, taking the time to really talk about this today because uh, it is an important part. Uh, we have a lot of great episodes coming up. We got more what is surveying. Uh, we got some more geodesy. We got some hydrographic surveys to talk about here shortly. Um, we appreciate everybody listening in. So wherever you subscribe to your podcast, please, uh, please go ahead and uh, tag us there and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.